Happy Monday, happy Monday, good people. Happy Monday. We got a brand new week. Brand new week is here. Heading right into October. Still working in the fourth quarter. You know, we only getting stronger during this time. I'm just excited, excited to tackle this week. Sitting out here in this this lovely 95 traffic, man. That's how I know that uh, we're we're almost back into into the regular flow of, of life, you know, once upon a time during this 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 pandemic situation. Commuting back and forth down 95 was a breeze. You could do 90 miles an hour down this thing. It was no cars out here. I don't mean to tell them myself, but you could do 90 miles an hour now. The closer you get to 6 a.m., is traffic getting nice and thick. So I know we're we're getting back to the norm, getting right back to this fall season. And uh just a it's a lovely time, lovely time of year. Um, thank you all. You know, this podcast, the podcast is getting great reviews, getting great reviews, something I've been meaning to do for so long. And, um, you know, just having the time to do it, you know, trying to just maximize those those hours, just trying to squeeze as much as I can out of a 24 hour you know, day. Uh, throwing this podcast together, this right here will be the, the seventh episode. And, you know, some of the, the episodes are closing in on 100 views. A lot of people that I, I know personally, family, friends, colleagues. So we're happy that the podcast is getting a positive response from the community. Uh, we want to attack this week. Let's attack this week. Let's attack it, attack it, attack the week uh, with the four E's that, you know, me being a varsity head girls coach, uh, you know, with those girls, one of the biggest things we talked about was the four E's every day, which was, Attacking everything with energy, with positive energy, with the correct energy, giving focused effort, trying not to waste too much time, give like focus your effort into what you're doing. Attack your task with great enthusiasm. Be excited about it. Be excited about it. Be grateful that you have the opportunity to do the work that you do. And the final E, which is a very, very important one in our in our teamwork concepts was encouragement and I would influence everyone today and encourage everyone today to encourage someone near you someone that you may know or someone you work with or maybe your child or your brother your sister your teammate someone just tell them yo I'm proud of you you know keep going I'm proud of what you're doing keep working at it uh you don't necessarily have to wait for them to accomplish something great uh to give that encouragement you know some people are feeling down and feeling doubtful about certain things you never know your encouragement may lift them over the top to get something accomplished that they've been working at and and having some doubts about. So those four E's, energy, effort, enthusiasm, and encouragement. Let's attack the week. With those four E's in mind, I want to give a quick shout out uh, to my younger brother, Trevor Alexander. He just had a, a live interview the other day, uh, you know, talking about investments. He's a finance major and an IT guy. He's doing fantastic things in our community. Just want to give a shout out. You guys take your time. Go over to YouTube, go over to uh, the Apple podcast. His podcast, Save and Sip, is on every major podcast platform, as well as YouTube. A lot of great information about financial literacy. And they're they're, they're quick. They're quick episodes. It's, It's fantastic, fantastic content. Check them out at Save and Sip. Also, if you listen to our podcast all the way through, Normally at the end of the podcast, I normally play a song. It's normally a song plan. And it's normally a, an artist that's from the area. 
uh, that I know. And on the, the last few episodes, a couple of the gentlemen whose music that I've been spotlighting has been uh, a rap artist named Sincerus Don, uh, who's from the, the, the 703 Northern Virginia area. Uh, one of the one of the best young artists that I've heard. Incredible, incredible, versatile 90s style of, of rap music. It's incredible. Uh, the other guy is a, is a kid named Mecca who played basketball for our basketball program uh, currently in college. Uh, it's Mecca, M-E-K-A. Uh, he's another one. Uh, very versatile, incredibly talented. You know, these young guys are gifted and they're working hard at their craft. I love it. They inspire me every day to keep going. So whenever I get a chance, I'm always playing their music, you know, on our videos, you know, for Instagram or now on our podcast. You can find their music on iTunes. Uh, that's Sincerus Don and Mecca, M-E-K-A. So check those guys out. Uh, another big thing taking place this week is our higher level select league. I'm, I'm excited about it. There's a lot of a lot of small notes going on, you know, this Monday to start this week. But our higher level select league, uh, it gets started. You know, tomorrow we're, we're shifting the teams and creating rosters of, of kids. Um, and it's going to be a, a league that takes place for about three weeks. And it's going to be an interesting league as, you know, we're focusing in on our guys, just learning, just learning the game, learning basketball, learning how to play, uh, learning leadership, you know, how to how to assemble, you know, on the floor, you know, when it's chaotic, uh, not always waiting for someone to tell you exactly what to do. But like my dad would always tell me, you know, just don't wait for me, you know, take initiative and get it done. More often than not, you know what to do. I taught you well enough. That's what he always says to me. Uh, and a lot of our high school kids and our young college guys, you know, we've been coaching those guys for years, not just myself, but many of us from the community, we've been coaching kids for years. Uh, it's time for them to take the, 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 uh, the, the teachings that we've given them take it out on the floor and put it together with one another, have some fun with it. And we want to see some great things come out of this entire league itself. Um, so this, this podcast today, you know, I had a, a number of conversations, uh, just being around a lot of kids and, and teaching and coaching. And you learn so much from children. A uh, good buddy of mine named Marise uh, has a company called Swagger Over Substance. And, um, a swagger and substance. That's what it is. I'm sorry. Swagger and substance. And that's, you know, one of the most profound company names, you know, because to have swag is, you know, it's, it's a big thing. It takes you apart. But when your swag has some substance to it as well, that's a major thing. And that substance is just the depth of, you know, where your swag comes from. Um, which leads me into that knowledge is power piece. My younger brother's always on me about reading more. I was just in books a million the other day. Uh, and, you know, and, and me and, you know, me and my girl, we went out there and bought a few books, spent some money, got some books. And I came right back and just were reading these books and sharing quotes from the books. And you just realize, you know, the, the more things you read, the more, you know, the, the, you know, the, the stronger the mind is and oftentimes the better you feel. And that, I think that's something that gives us substance is our knowledge. So this leads me into a fantastic story uh, that I was able to to recount. And I tell this story often, you know, when when I'm having a conversation with people about education and 
and things of that nature uh, because I feel that uh, our high schools and middle schools and elementary schools, you know, it's, you know, the kids, they even right now with virtual learning, the kids are taking seven and eight hours worth of courses, whether they're sitting down in the classroom, you know, for hours on end, and now they're sitting in front of their laptops for hours on end. And some kids have fun in school and others don't. And, you know, my question is, is there a different way that we can engage kids that might not fully be engaged in the way that our educational system is set up? I don't think that a lot of, you know, kids are necessarily not intelligent. I work with hundreds of kids and these kids are, you know, they're very, very intelligent, very intelligent, bright kids. And whenever they're, whenever they're engaged and you, you tap into them and it's something that they're interested in, you get a lot of, a lot of different things from them. And it's, it's all, you know, profound, profound stuff with great substance to it. It's amazing. So this brings me to something that myself and my cousin talked about yesterday in our conversation, our older cousins and and uncles created this learning platform for us when we were younger. And this was probably in the early nineties. And what they called it was the black school. Very interesting. Because back then at nine or 10 years old, I had no clue that it even had a name, but it was called the black school. And I believe the idea was to teach things differently. So let me tell you about this this black school. So it made learning fun and competitive. And it made us want to learn. And we learned without even knowing that we were learning. So I think it started out as a family thing. And then we were able to invite some friends. But in this black school, it was not many of us. It was in the middle of the summertime right in Norfolk, Virginia, right in Berkeley. My dad said a hundred times over, you know, you're a Berkeley boy. <laughs> you know, Berkeley born and bred. And right in the middle of one of the neighborhoods in Berkeley was a small community center. It was a small, you know, almost like a leasing office, so to speak. But they had a meeting room, like every other place does. And we would meet, maybe 10 of us, tops. And our cousins, I come from a family of educators, a family of educators. Uh, my mom's side, I have, you know, aunts, my grandmother, you know, they were all educators and teachers for 20 and 30 plus years. On my father's side, all educators, all educators. Yeah, at the present moment, uh, my younger brothers are working in education. They're working in education, the Save and Sip podcast, education. My younger brother, Travis, is working in education, musical therapy. My younger brother, Donovan, is working in education, working in the special education department. So we come from a family of educators. And so our, our, our uncles and our cousins took it upon themselves to create this school concept. And I don't know if it's an old concept or a new concept. I don't know. All I know is it was profound to me. So every single day they taught us some, some level of black history fact some level of black history fact about something. It was every day. Inventors, holidays, they were teaching us information. And it was not boring. 
It was not boring. So what I remember most was it would give us this different information and we would just try to, you know, learn it and and get it down kind of, you know, like any other school. You know, what we say is what you memorize it and <laughs> my cousin would say I regurgitate it. <laughs> regurgitate it back out. It's a funny, like, it killed me how he says that. So we, you know, try to memorize the information, you know, kind of like in school and, you know, write it back down on paper and, you know, hopefully you get an A and you did good. Well, at the end of these days, because this was, you know, right in the middle of the, you know, right in the middle of the hood. Summertime, too. This wasn't during school in the fall, winter or spring. This was a summertime activity, almost like a summer camp. But it was a short day. Two hours, three hours. Now, the thing about the information that we learned, rather than, you know, write it all down on a test, we would do what they call the dozens. And everybody, you know, that was born probably in the 80s and early 90s, I'm sure, like the 70s, 80s, knows about the dozens. And that's when, you know, you get up there and you you practically what people, you know, in Northern Virginia say, chone on each other. You know, your, your, your head's so big or, your, you know, your, your mama's so fat, like those types of jokes. And, you know, and that was always a, a funny thing when I was a kid. So with these black history facts, you know, you had to call out somebody. You know, you call out somebody, you know, I want to go against him. I want to go against, you know, Mark, or I want to go against Damien. You know, you had to, you know, call out the person that you wanted to go against if they called you up. And so everybody would kind of make it, you know, I guess you say make it, make it exciting, make it spicy, hype it up. Oh, and it was a funny thing. It was a lot of pressure. But it was only about 10 or 12 of us in the room. And so, you know, you stand up in the front, you know, of everybody that's there. And and your, your competitive battle and your weaponry was your knowledge. It was your knowledge. Learn knowledge. And it was all black history facts. And we, we would just go back and forth. Well, did you know that? Did you know that? And it was just going back and forth, back and forth. And just what I remember vividly was just learning just the, the level of of impact that, you know, black history had on American culture in terms of, you know, the inventors of gas masks and traffic lights and lawnmowers. And I'm just talking about everything. Sewing, sewing machines and just things of that nature, all of this information that we learned as kids and didn't even recognize that we were learning because it was so much fun to learn the information, to competitively use it, to try to win in a battle. Now the fun part about the battle is the battle was judged by our older cousins. We're all educators. And you and you knew if you said something good because one of them would give you a, you know, like a stamp of approval. Uh, hmm. Huh. Okay. All right. You know, they would give you a little stamp. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm flowing now. And I keep in mind, we're 9, 10, 11, 12. So I'm, we're spitting facts. We're not only are we learning it and using it as weaponry, but we're teaching it to the kids in the class because they, they're hearing us say it. So if they knew it, you know, just stamped it. And if they didn't know it, they just picked up on some new knowledge. So every time you said a good one, you would earn a, you would earn tokens. They were giving us these little clear tokens, right? Clear tokens. Not even clear, I'm sorry. They're different colors, blue, pink, red, green, whatever. 
give you tokens. So at the end of all of this, you can redeem those tokens at the end of the day. You can save them, but typically, you know, in our neighborhood, if you save those tokens, put them in your pocket, those tokens probably never made it home. We wrestling, playing football, playing basketball outside. There ain't no telling where those tokens would end up. But in the middle of Berkeley, in the summertime, anybody that's from Berkeley that grew up in Berkeley in the 90s, you know Berkeley is, those summers are different. I don't know what was so different about those summers. I don't know if it was the lack of trees. I don't know. But the candy lady, the ice cream truck, Miss Shirley used to sell sodas. They saved us in the summer times. But in the black school, you can redeem those tokens for freeze pops. So we'll come out of the black school like 11, 12 o'clock. It's peak, peak heat. 100, 105. It's hot. It's hot, hot. We're walking out of black school with seven, eight freeze pops, four freeze pops, 12 freeze pops. Just sit outside and just eat the freeze pops. We're the only ones outside in the summertime at that point, at that that time of day. Everybody else was home. If they weren't asleep, they were just sitting inside. But we had just done two and three hours of of history, black history teaching and learning. And I just thought that that was, I thought it was incredible uh, because our cousins were able to make us learning factual information. They were able to make it fun for us as kids and competitive for us as kids, which made it even more fun. One of the days my cousin beat me so bad and he did, he made one statement and, um, it was the most profound statement that I'd ever heard. And I just sat down because I knew at that point I lost. I knew I messed up then because he had some knowledge that I did not know. And after that day, I went home and I was scrounging through, you know, my house where I live with my mother. I was, you know, scrounging through everything I could find from Bibles to books to anything I could find to try to find more information so that when I got my chance to go against my cousin again, I had something that he, he didn't have. So I all of a sudden became thirsty for knowledge. It was the most amazing thing. So making learning fun for the youth, making it competitive, but in not a hateful way. It was very competitive, but we show love to one another. In the end, and we also earn some level of incentive. There was some incentive. Some people say, oh, you know, you spoil your kids. I remember my mom would buy me sneakers and buy me Jordans. If I got all A's, she would buy me shoes. Incentives are good. But those immediate incentives, tokens and being able to to buy freeze pops, <laughs> which in the summertime is a real big deal. And that was amazing. That was like immediate IG, Instagram. I mean, I think it's sometimes it can be instant gratification because you instantly get likes and we want you know, we're in a, a time where we want everything right now. We weren't thinking about uh, the incentives in the end. We're just getting them. You know, we were earning them. And then once it was like, okay, you know, any tokens you got, you can redeem them for freeze pops. He was like, what? Freeze pops? I didn't even have to ask my mom for a dollar. And she'd be like, well, get on my face. Go outside. Come back in here again. You're going to stay in the house. I get freeze pops for, for learning and give it given information back. It was dope. It was dope. So incentive 
an instant gratification for learning, which was competitive and fun. Uh, I think that that's a great recipe to engage more of our our youth in uh, in the educational process because they need it. They need it's more more than one way to be successful. There are children out here that are going to have a a 4.3, 4.4 GPA. It's going to be children out here with 3.7, 3.8 GPAs. There's going to be kids out here with 2.3s, 2.4s, and some kids with 1.2 GPAs. It doesn't mean that one kid is not intelligent and the other one is superior. Just think that the engagement uh, is a big deal. And I think that we just have to somehow find ways to be creative in the teaching of what it is that we're um, we're giving to the kids. I think that uh, we do need to shine light on more extracurricular academic opportunities uh, for children, not just to get a credit or things of that nature, but to learn something that they can take with them uh, in life. And somehow, you know, we must continue to make those activities fun. So I think that's something that I'd like to hear more about. And, you know, feel free to chime in on this podcast, message me, inbox me. Uh, However, uh, let's talk about some um, some extracurricular academic opportunities for children that may take place during all season, during the summertime or something that's online or, you know, something. Uh, where we can engage, you know, our students differently uh, to help them continue with their their knowledge and and their education, uh, so that they may be motivated to continue moving forward uh, with it when school, you know, leaves them unmotivated. And the black school itself, it just kind of fed into my philosophy as a as a basketball coach and as a trainer. So we can tell people what to do. Um, you know, my dad always said to me, you know, you, you can't say that you weren't told. Uh, but more than just telling me, he taught me, you know, he taught me how to do a number of things. He let me fall on my face, um, you know, in a controlled environment where, you know, when I got a little bit older, you know, those things made sense. There weren't significant ramifications for my failures, uh, you know, when he was teaching it. Um, in a way, I would say he didn't hold me by my hand, but instead he kind of tricked me into learning. He controlled the environment. Um, and that's something that I feel that we do as coaches. I feel like I have to do it, you know, personally as a coach. I think many of us do. We can tell a kid, you know, something as simple as, you know, you got to close out like this or you got to deny like this or help like this. But they don't always understand. You know, kids don't always understand why. And so I think a lot of times teaching it, but I, sometimes I'll say, you know, tricking them into do it, which sounds like, you know, someone's being bamboozled, but it's not really the case. I think it's more so just altering the teaching method and catering it towards the, the child. That way they learn it and understand it. However, they learn it and understand it. Let's find those different ways to teach it um, to get the most out of the kids. So, I mean, I really I really want to tell a story about the black school because 
I think that, you know, the, the learning, I think the learning is a big thing and everything has to have substance because there's so much history that takes place or that has taken place that continues to repeat itself. And I believe a lot of our children are lying. They're not learning it. You know, a lot of the events that have occurred just in the year of 2020, you're talking about young, young, young teenagers that are spearheading protests. They're spearheading protests. Not all of them really knowing that what you're doing right now was done 40 years ago, was done 50 years ago, was done 60 years ago. Because the same events occurred during that time frame. Like 2020, what was happening these days is it's nothing new. It's nothing new. It's a hundred years worth of history, if not more, that is repeating itself every day. And I think that we're close to some level of of change. You know, we're we're making an impact. I think that us furthering our education in different ways and engaging our children in different ways, giving their education some substance and giving it some swag, swagger and substance. Word of my man, Ariza. Give us some swag and give us some substance. Like my younger brother was saving sip, giving financial literacy. You know, you start talking about, you know, Roth IRAs and early retirements. You know, many people in our, you know, in our generation, they get bored with it. But when you add the 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 the, the swag and the substance to it that my younger brother gives it, it gives learning this information a different. It gives a, a different delivery and it, it makes you want to listen to it. It makes you want to you know sit down and learn uh, this very, very important information. So. Let's change it up. Let's change it up. Let's change the way we learn. Let's change the way we teach. Uh, Let's continue to influence the next generation. Let's continue to do it. Again, happy Monday, my good people. If you take the time to listen, I appreciate you. If you shared, I appreciate you. Uh, Give me a call. I'm always around. If you don't give me the first time you call me, call me again. You know, like, comment, and share. I appreciate you all. Have a great week. You can find me always daydreaming. Sorry, mama can't stay. I'm leaving. Gotta find my own way. Need it. Gotta win. I can't break even. You will find me always daydreaming. Sorry, mama can't stay. I'm leaving. Gotta find my own way. Need it. Gotta win. I can't break even. No, no. I'm sorry, mama. I can't keep on living by the dollar. Promise you, I'm still gonna be a baller. But in this place, I feel like an imposter And I took some time away, I think I need that Spend some money, now it's time to make that green back And I try to stay away from all the feedback Going steady, but I feel like I'm a relapse, oh no Down the bottle fast, but I'm moving slow Trying to get away, I'ma hit the road Ain't no looking back, now I gotta go This is all I have, I've been Maybe it's about that time It's already half past five I sleep at all Already half past five. I ain't 
sleeping all last night Lately I've been out of my mind, my mind, my mind, my mind Find me always dead, dreaming Sorry mama can't stay, I'm 